Hey, welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. some scriptures to you in the book turn to the book of Acts chapter number four uh, I, I got just scriptures in different places I, I hope I gave them all to our Sam man but if I didn't follow me with your phones because I'm just going to pick select scriptures out and and I hope you write down at least scriptures is because anytime a preacher preaches or a teacher teaches he doesn't give you the full meal deal he sows seed for you to cultivate. I hope you understand that. If you don't, you're always eating in half measures. You, you, you never get the fullness of it if you just come and heard a sermon. So I'm going to pick out of uh, chapters that would be great for you to take into your prayer. Matter of fact, I need you to today. If you're going to stay up with Life Church, uh, because I can tell by the environment God was pulling us, and then tonight it's going to be a powerful night here for you ladies. Uh, that he's, he's, he's creating an environment, and I want you to be right with us as we go. Let's read Acts chapter number 4, uh, verse number 6 says, And Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, not John the Baptist, not John the apostle, but another John, and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priests were gathered together at Jerusalem. I, I, I need you to understand what's going on. That is the whole religious sect in one spot. That is, the, see, that is the council of Jerusalem. That's the religious council. All that was kin to the hierarchy was there present in this meeting. And I'm going to show you a confrontation between religion and encounter or experience. And can I tell you, religion will always fight against encounter and experience. Matter of fact, some of you may have felt uncomfortable here today. It's the spirit of religion will fight against anything that I'm not in control of. Amen. It, it will. I'm uncomfortable with this. Just get this over and let a preacher preach, you know, and, and, and I'm trying to prepare you as one of the lead pastors of this church for where we're going, so you'll know how to navigate it. Josh actually preached a message a long time ago about worship, and are you offended with my worship? Did I just die? Are you offended with my worship? Well, bring me in. Just keep on. So that's what's in verse number 6, and look what happened in verse number 7. And when, and we, and when they had set them in the midst, talking about Peter and John because they just healed a man. And religion has a problem with supernatural. And when they had set Peter and John in the middle of them, they asked, by what power or what name have you done this thing? You didn't get our permission. You didn't follow protocol. You stepped out there and done this like you got some kind of authority. So we want to know by what power... You've done this in. I'm not going to read all of that, so you're going to have to. Peter went to preaching, but look down in verse number 13. Now, after Peter responded, the Bible says, Now when they, the religious elite, saw the boldness of Peter and John 
and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They had not been educated in the finer things of religion. They were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had had an encounter with Jesus. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And then, you remember I told you they healed somebody? And, and then beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they couldn't say anything against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, y'all go outside, we got to talk about this. They conferred among themselves saying, what in the world are we going to do with this bunch? What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been, has been done by them is manifest to everybody in town. And we cannot deny it. You may refute what I say. You may refute what I teach. But you cannot refute an encounter with Jesus Christ. We cannot deny a notable supernatural miracle has happened. I, I'm, I'm, I'm representing to you the foundation the New Testament church was built on. That's what I'm going to do today. Of what it's supposed to look like. Well, they threatened Peter. I'm not going to read it. It's there. They, they threatened him and said, y'all better not be doing this anymore. Uh, you got to stop it. We're not putting up with it. It's messing up our political and religious platform. So Peter goes and grabs the church and says, let's go to a prayer meeting. Verse number 29. Thank you, Jason. You're going to have to just run with me today. And they're in prayer. And here's the prayer. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now Jason's going to take you to Corinthians, but while you're there on your phone, look at verse 33. I didn't give him this. Verse 33 says, and with great power, he's awesome, and with great power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. All right, turn to 1 Corinthians with me. I'm, I'm just laying a foundation because actually we're, we're, we're building from this point up for a while. This is an epistle written by Paul. But I want you to know something about Paul before I read this. Paul was a highly trained student of the Old Testament writings and Jewish law. History says that Paul, I don't know how they figured this stuff out, was the sixth smartest man on the planet. Yeah, he was unbelievable. 
His intelligence, the, Paul's intelligence was second to none <laughs> uh, as it relates to religions and cultures and customs. If you've, if you've followed Paul, you understand that. I mean, uh, he understood it all. He, was the, he would have been the master of apologetics. For you don't know what apologetics is, he was a debater. He could stand toe-to-toe with any man. No matter what his background was, he could stand toe-to-toe and had the oratorical ability that was unbelievable and the knowledge to back it up. This was Paul. This was Paul. But let me show you how he founded the church. Let's see here. Let's pull a few scriptures from 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. And I'm just going to pull some inserts. Verse number 17. Paul says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words. Now, if I'd have had them words, I'd have loved to use them. Is anybody listening to me? Paul said, let's let's get this straight. I've come to preach, but not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Drop down 21. you got to read all of these now, chapter 1 and 2, when you get in your prayer time. 21. For after this is the wisdom of God. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom didn't know God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. In other words, they could not. It's impossible with worldly wisdom wisdom to know God. He said they're trying. They're trying, but the greatest teachers in the world can introduce you to God. He's too big to be taught from a human perspective. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 1. Paul said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech. Does it mean anything to y'all yet? Knowing how smart Paul was. I didn't come with my oratorical abilities or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of my God. For I am determined. <laughs> you know, some of us are, are, are kind of slow and we can't help it. I ought to get a big amen right there. But he had to be on purpose, dumb it down. <laughs> he had to on purpose, instead of assuming the platform and wowing the congregation with his oratorical ability, he said, I'm determined not to know anything. And we're so determined to know everything. I'm determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And I used to think that that Paul was so scared and timid. No, if you study it out, he was so afraid he would misrepresent his God. He was so afraid he would misrepresent Jesus Christ with all his knowledge.
for. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words. Enticing means to persuade with words of man or to convince. He said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom to try to convince you something about God, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Verse 5 is just the foundation. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That word power there means force. Your faith has a foundation. It has to have a foundation. Your faith has a foundation. And Paul said, it's so important to me that your faith is built on the right foundation that I refuse to try to lay a foundation with my human intellect to get you to believe. Paul said, this kingdom is of such a spiritual nature. Amen. This kingdom that we preach is of such a spiritual nature that it can be presented and received only by the Spirit. This is what I was going to teach leaders. Only by the Spirit. I'm afraid we've traded an encounter with God for an intellectual ascent to the Scripture. It seems that we have forfeited the teaching and the preaching in the demonstration of the spirit and power for the well-trained oratorical ability of a man. And as a result, the foundation of our faith (laughs) is in the wisdom of a man instead of an encounter with our God. And the problem with your faith being founded upon the wisdom of a man is that when a wiser than he comes... When a wiser than he comes, if you were convinced by the wisdom of one man, you can be reconvinced by the wisdom of another man. If it's it's a display of intellectualism, there's always someone a little smarter. And there's always someone who can take the same scriptures and put a twist upon them and bend them in another direction, and you be just as wild. You be just as wild and enamored with this man as another man. And Paul said, I I got the ability that I can take you anywhere I want to, amen, because I can over-intellectualize you, and I can sermonize you, amen, and I have the words and the knowledge to do it. He said, but I am determined not to know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified, amen. And I come to you in the power In the demonstration of the spirit and the power. He said, I come that you may have an encounter with Jesus Christ. That there may be an experience. He said, oh yeah, we speak words and we speak wisdom. But they're wisdom that is birthed and born in the spirit. You know, the, 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 the ministry's about to go to a level in the body of Christ where carnal people won't even catch it. 
You talked about dimensions that's about to come out of this pulpit and out of teachers on Wednesday night. Amen. That carnality will sit there and say this is foolishness. Amen. That's the, are y'all listening to me? I'm going to raise the bar. These are the things God is saying in the secret place of my prayer closet. Can we go deep today? Jesus even told the teachers, I'm talking about religion versus encounters, and, and the religious bunch studied the scriptures, and they gloried in knowing the scriptures. Uh, uh, Joshua, they, they knew the scriptures. They studied the scriptures. They knew them forward and backwards. Amen. And as bad as we talk about them, Jesus even walked up to them and said, you study the scriptures. Uh, amen. Because you're looking for the right thing. You study the scriptures, for in them you think you have life. He said, but in the studying of the scriptures to know my God, amen, through the wisdom of your own intellect, you rejected an encounter with me. Can I, can I, can I tell you, it's a lot more comfortable for carnal people for you to teach me about God than put me in the presence of God. Can I tell you, it's a whole lot more comfortable. They told them, they told, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm sorry, I'm trying to be cool or whatever. Amen, help me, Holy Ghost. They, they told them when, when Moses wanted to introduce them to God and God spoke, they said, oh no, not no more, Moses. We want you to go get the interpretation and bring it back to us. We're okay where we are. Is anybody listening to me? There is a shift going on in the body of Christ that where carnal people will not be able to receive what's coming out of the pulpit because it's coming from the realm of the spirit. Teachers will begin to stand, amen, and bring forth a word that causes hearts to burn within them while they teach the word. It's more, it's, it's about to go from here to here. You Okay. He told him, he said, oh, you such the scriptures and you love them. You study them. The problem with when you study with your mind instead of your spirit, when you study scriptures and not have encounters with the God of the scripture, you teach a lot that you do not do. You teach a lot you cannot live. Amen. You present a lot. I got to work it today, amen, uh, because you got it in your mind, and you got it intellectually, amen, and you understand how it works to the point that you can turn around. You know who usually becomes coaches in the NFL, amen, is those who couldn't make it in the NFL, but they know it, and they can teach it, and they can present it, amen. God is about to shake teachers and preachers out of pulpit who can talk it but do not walk it, who can require it, and Amen. Why? Because they have a head knowledge of a God they love to teach about and we love to study the scripture, but it's uncomfortable when you begin to have an encounter with the God that you're teaching for. Amen. Why? Because it requires you change. God said, this is what's missing in the body of Christ is encounter. And the whole kingdom of God was built on an encounter. I'm going to prove it to you before I sit down today. Amen. We have settled for being taught. 
I am no wise against teaching. We're going to prove you where it works together. Amen. Going into discipleship. Amen. Like never before right now. But can I tell you right now, all you teachers that's over discipleship, can I tell you, Life Church, discipleship is simply stewarding an encounter. Somebody better write that down. That's what true discipleship is. It's not trying to turn you into something you're not. Discipleship is stewarding what happened in your life. And I'm afraid we've skipped the encounter so we can be taught and instructed. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Amen. And said, I know, we know you must be a man sent from God. Amen. You must be a man sent from God because no man can do the things that you do. Amen. Except he be sent from God. Amen. Nicodemus was a ruler. Nicodemus was a teacher. Nicodemus was one, probably one of the richest, wealthiest uh, religious leaders in his community. He taught the word of God. Are you listening to me? And he comes to Jesus by night and Jesus responds with Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. <laughs> Amen. One translation says, Nicodemus, you must experience the new birth. And Nicodemus, you know the story, how in the world can a man enter the second time into his mother's womb? Jesus looked at him and said, and you're a teacher? <laughs> you're a teacher? You're a leader? Oh, God, I could stop and teach the leaders right there. You call yourself a leader and you don't know these things? <coughs> I tell you, Nicodemus, unless you be born of the water and of the spirit, you can't even see the kingdom of God. New dimensions are about to open, Sister Beth. Amen. I said new dimensions are about to open because teachers are about to go to the next dimension. Laity, our members are about to go to the next dimension. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. The word born means to me, are y'all with me this morning? I'm just going to work it. The word born means to be uh, regenerated. It means to be begotten. To be born means to be sired. S-I-R-E-D. To born means to be sired by a father. Amen. Actually, the word again there means from above. It means anew. It means to be a brand new creation. In other words, Nicodemus... Christianity 101 is not a Bible class. It's an experience with God that totally transformed you from your Adamic nature into the nature of Jesus Christ. I'm afraid we've skipped the encounter of being born again and trying to disciple those who's never had an encounter. Is anybody listening to me? Nicodemus, you must become a brand new creation. You can be taught about God, amen, and follow God and never become like God until you've had an encounter with God and then you become a product of God. He said, Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is. I can train my flesh to be good, 
Amen. Go to an AA meeting. Go to an NA meeting. I can train my flesh to be good, but I cannot change the condition of my heart. But when I am born again, I am all of a sudden, I have the DNA of an almighty God because I've been sired by the Holy Spirit. The holy thing settled upon me, and all of a sudden, I had an encounter with God. And now you're not begging me to come to church. Now you're not begging me to study my Bible. I am simply stewarding an encounter I had with Jesus Christ. High five your neighbor and tell them we need an encounter. But Fluky Nicky, 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 Nikki was a teacher at heart. Nikki loved to teach. He loved the word and he loved to be taught. But all he had ever received God was from here to here. Teach me, just teach me. I think I can get a hold of that. If you'll just teach me a better lesson, teach another lesson. And the, 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 Jesus said, Nicodemus, he said, those that are born of the Spirit are like the wind. You can hear the sound, but you don't know where it's coming from, and you don't know where it's going. He said, that's the way it is to be born of Spirit. In other words, Nikki, some things can't be taught. You have to encounter it. Some things can't be taught. You have to experience it. We've become geniuses as teaching on the Holy Ghost we don't use. Teach all the gifts of the Spirit and none of them are working in a church. Somebody help me, somebody help me, somebody help me. Somebody say, raise the bar, pastor. Raise the bar, pastor. You want to know why? Because when you step into that realm, it becomes uncomfortable. Amen. Because it's the workings of the Holy Ghost, and you're no longer in control. When tongues come out, interpretation comes out, it becomes a, well, back up. We'd rather be taught about it than encounter it. We'd rather have a Bible class on the Holy Ghost rather than the Holy Ghost. I had a different sermon for today, but God changed it to this. Tell me, Jesus was the teacher of teachers. He didn't teach the word, he was the word. I don't care how smart you think you are, teachers. I don't care how good of a teacher you may ever become. But let me tell you, you'll never hold the candle to Jesus Christ himself. He was the teacher of teachers. My God, I love him. Jennifer, I love him too. Amen. He was a teacher. Amen. And he could dominate any situation or circumstances if he want to. But let me tell you about Jesus. He walked with his disciples and taught for three and a half years. Three and a half years the teacher taught. Three and a half years the teacher poured into disciples and into students. Amen. But Jesus himself knew. Amen. If they don't have an encounter when I die my teachings will die. The teacher of teachers. He said it ain't enough. I'm just going to say it. I don't know if y'all can receive it. Jesus said it ain't enough. I'm not talking about some good preacher. I'm not talking about an angel from heaven. I'm talking about Jesus Christ himself knew that his ability to teach was not enough without an encounter of the Holy Ghost. He knew. He knew. So he told his disciples, go tarry in Jerusalem until you be, until you have an encounter. Go tarry in Jerusalem until you encounter the God of the teaching I've been teaching. You go tarry. 
<coughs> you go, Terry, there. The problem with the modern-day church is they come to teaching week after week after week and never have an encounter with the God they were taught about. Amen. Can put scriptures together and quote scriptures together. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to be bold today. Can I do that? The multitude sitting on church benches that have never been born again. Amen. That we use scripture to try to curb bad appetites and bad habits in our lives. Amen. Uh, somebody help me just a little while. We just take the scripture and we've made a better me, but never had an encounter with God. And it's always a struggle and it's always work when in reality, one encounter would change everything. One encounter would change everything. You can't legislate morality and you can't teach righteousness. You have to experience the righteous one and then you cultivate righteousness. I gotta go deeper, y'all with me? We're gonna go deeper than Jesus. said, you go. Matter of fact, John the Baptist said, I'm going, to tell, I'm going to prove to you this whole thing was built on an encounter, not a Sunday school class. This whole thing, the whole kingdom of God. Matter of fact, Jesus said, if you don't believe me for what I'm teaching you, then believe me for what I'm doing. Oh, it goes together. I'm not throwing one out. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I'm just telling you, we're imbalanced, Josh. What's that the word you use? Balance? Uh, equilibrium is off. Amen. Because we got a whole lot of word. We got a whole lot of word. Amen. You want to know why we have to do marriage seminars in the body of Christ? You know why we have to do deliverance programs in the body of Christ? It's because we skip the encounter. You know why you got to teach a husband to love his wife and you got to provoke him to love his wife? It's because he hasn't had an encounter. I'm just going to preach it. Amen. I'm going to prove it to you in scripture because once you encounter God, you know why we do classes on loving people? Amen. It's because we have not had an encounter because he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. An encounter would take the place of a whole lot of scripture. Oh, it almost sounds like I'm dealing with scripture. Oh, no, 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 no. We, discipleship is simply stewarding an encounter. That's what's wrong with the church. It's, it's been diluted to the oratorical ability of man. Because encounters can be embarrassing to the flesh. It says the carnal will call it Foolish. I need you to get ready, life church. There's some people that's going to leave the church because they're going to think it's foolish. And, and when you do, if you're here this morning, I need you to understand that's really a, a, a litmus test of your carnality. It's all there in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Read it. Amen. It's, it's, it's beginning to happen. Amen. And John the Baptist came and said, hey, dude, I indeed. I'm sorry. Hey, guys. It just didn't sound spiritual, did it? Hey, dude. Hey, dude. <laughs> I indeed baptize with water unto repentance. 
Yes, I'm doing all the natural stuff I can do. Amen. I'm teaching naturally. I'm putting you in natural water. I'm doing as far, I'm going as far as I can go. But let me tell y'all, there's one coming after me who is mightier than I. And he's going to baptize you all right, but he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and the fire. He said, I can't give you an encounter. I can just give you a word. He said, but when he comes, he's going to encounter you. And you're going to encounter him. And there's going to be a fire. Shut up in your... My God, I wish somebody shouted, do something before I explode. Have you, have you been baptized in Holy Ghost and fire? Uh, amen. I ain't even going to go into tongues right now. I think us elders may deal with that here a little bit later. I ain't even talking about speaking in tongues. I just want to know, have you been transformed by a fire that's burning in you? I just want to know, amen, is fire burning out your ugly? If not, you've not encountered Jesus. You encountered Life Church. I pity you. I pity you. I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you if you met Life Church. God forgive me if they met Life Church. God forgive me if they met my teachers and my elders. God forgive me if you met a good family and you settled in and did not have an encounter with Jesus Christ because because we have failed miserably if we didn't lead you into an encounter with a holy God. If my teaching didn't take you there, I failed. If my preaching didn't take you there, I failed. (sighs) Y'all feel my heart today. It's so big and it's so heavy. It's just weighing me down today. He said, the teacher said, go tarry in Jerusalem until you have an encounter with God. And the encounter was so intense. And Jesus knew his teaching wasn't good enough to hold him. He knew it wasn't good enough to hold him because he told Peter, he said, tonight you'll deny me three times. Peter said, Dad, the devil is a liar. I've been taught, I've been discipled by Jesus himself, and I got the willpower. He done myself. I got the willpower. I'll be with you to the end. Jesus knew that his own teachings wouldn't be enough to hold his disciples steady. And sure enough, he went to a cross by himself. Everybody had scattered with the best teaching on the planet. Is anybody listening to me? Because the best teaching in the world will not hold you when the adversity comes. The best teaching in the world, are you listening to me, will not cause you to stand in the midst of adversity. You'll be tossed to and fro. But when you encounter the God of your teachings. 120 people came out of that upper room, told it to church, totally, totally, totally transformed by an encounter with the God they had hung out with for three and a half years. 
A lot of people hanging out with God that never have an encounter with God. Just hanging out with Life Church. They had an encounter and persecution came. Peter fooled around and healed somebody. He should have knew better than that. He didn't go get permission from his presbyter. He didn't get permission from the religious elect. That's what y'all are finna do. Y'all finna quit calling me or anybody else for permission to do anything. You're just going to start grabbing them by the hand and raising them up in the name of Jesus. Is anybody, when you start encountering God, oh my God. They had an encounter with God and Peter flew around and healed somebody. The religious bunch got mad. That's another thing I need to prepare life church for. There's a religious spirit that's going to get mad about where we're going. They're going to get mad. They're not going to have to deal with it. They can't control it. It's not coming through me. I'm, I'm, I'm not controlling it. Amen. It ain't going to like it. I'm just telling you, it's coming. I'm going to be counseling somebody over the next few weeks over the same thing I'm preaching right now. Amen. They got mad and they threatened them and said, you will not preach in this name no more. Cut it out. We're going to do this and that. Amen. You know what the church did? They didn't call a Bible study. Amen. They didn't call a Bible study. Somebody help me. Help me. Help me. Amen. They didn't join up to a discipleship class. I'm not tearing down discipleship because I'm excited about it. They didn't join some discipleship class. They come together to pray. I wonder why we don't have discipleship of prayer. I wonder why we we don't have, we'd rather go to a people's group than a prayer group. I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't, well, no, no, I don't know. I'm just wondering these things, my God. Have we become so carnal that we think Bible study is spiritual? Is Bible study spiritual? It's the most spiritual thing you'll ever do when you're feeding an encounter with a spiritual God. But other than that, it's religion. My God, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just following the Holy Ghost. How many religious Bible studies do you do? I've done many. Y'all can admit it. Your spirit wasn't in it. There was no encounter in it. You might as well read the Reader's Digest. But, but we're okay with it. That's what I'm after today. We're okay with it. They said... Oh no, our boldness is dwindling. We're, they're striking fear in our heart with all this threatenings. So the only thing they knew to do was pray. And they didn't make it, Lord, we need you to listen to what they're saying and grant, a, <laughs> grant us boldness to speak the truth. Bye. Stretching forth your hand to heal by an encounter. You know what we'd have done? We'd have called a Bible study and say, okay, we're going to teach on boldness tonight. We're going to teach on boldness because you're, oh, somebody ought to help me right now. Our discipleship class tonight, I am not belittling disciples. Y'all better join up for discipleship. Our discipleship class, I want y'all to encounter God in those discipleship classes, in those children's classes. I want you to encounter God and then take the word and it'll come alive. Amen. No, no, no. We'd have said, let's do a Bible class on, on, uh, 
uh, uh, boldness. Amen. You know what happens when division comes into the church? We'll do a Bible class and a teaching and a preaching from the pulpit on unity. And we're trying to provoke something that only an encounter with a holy God will drive division out of the church. It'll drive offense out of the church. An encounter with God. And the Bible says when they begin to pray, give us boldness by the place begin to shake. I ain't talking about Old Testament stuff. I'm talking about New Testament. This happened. The house began to shake. Can y'all imagine? I felt like it was almost shaking in here a while ago. The place where they were sitting was shaking again. Oh, this happened two chapters before. It only took two chapters to get in a state of fear. Can I tell you, one counter was not enough for the first church. One encounter is not enough for this church. I need an encounter. Oh, my God. I need an encounter. Encounter every day, every week, every month. I need another encounter. I don't need a counselor. I need an encounter. I'm not preaching against counseling. I don't think. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just following the Holy Ghost. Don't counsel me, man. Take me to the throne. I appreciate your wisdom, Josh. I mean, I know you're a teacher of teachers. You got it going on. You taught me a new word last week, and I just use them like they're mine. I mean, he's awesome. Amen. I appreciate you, but you know there's some things you can't teach out. Amen. There's some things that has to be burned out by being in the presence of an being in the presence of an almighty God. And once I encounter him, it transforms me. I come to help somebody right now. Did you, you ever been filled with the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I spoke in tongues one time. Amen. Well, I can tell you right now, you leak. You leak. You have leaked out. Amen. Let's get away from tongues. Amen. For you that's just saved and born again. Amen. You get saved. Yeah, I got saved. You ought to get saved every day. Somebody help me right now. You ought to be saved every week. You ought to not quit praying until you have an encounter. You ought not quit praying until you encounter the God of your word. I'm trying to stir up an expectation. Oh, you're supposed to do that? You mean we can expect that? Are you kidding me? I just read it to you out of the Bible. When they started getting weak, they knew they needed to encounter their God. The danger is we got too many teachers. <laughs> Look at it, Nick back there. Nick's a trip, y'all. He's a trip. Have y'all been online? <laughs> Patty read to me his requirements for his employees. I said, well, he killed that business. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, y'all have to go online. I ain't got time to explain it to you. Plug for your business, though. <coughs> the problem is we got too many teachers teaching that's never had an encounter. So they teach Christ through the lens of their character. Yeah. They give God the same attitude they have. And then they teach it. And then they teach it. And they miss Paul said, I come to you in fear and trembling. I'm so afraid. I'm going to present Christ in a way that is unbecoming of his nature. It's, it's unbecoming. You know, like sometimes when somebody sends you a text 
and you attach your spirit to it? Why they say it like that? Like what? I just said I decay. <laughs> but you didn't have to talk like that. You know, I said, my God, that's good. That's real right there, ain't it? And the problem is, amen, because you haven't had an encounter, you're attached what the Word of God is saying to your spirit, and then you turn around and retext or repost. Somebody ought to help me right now. You begin to repost. That's what's the matter with the body of Christ. We got way more teaching than we have encounters. Always offended. You know why you're so easily offended? Because you ain't had an encounter. I have seen men have an encounter with God and not steward it well. And the devil turn it on them. Discipleship is stewarding what God is doing in your life. Can I go a little deeper? The religious bunch said in my text, when they saw... The boldness of Peter and John. It wasn't really the boldness that caught their attention that made them marvel. What made them marvel is they knew they were ignorant and unlearned. They knew they weren't operating from a good, solid teaching basis. They knew they weren't operating from something that came intellectually, let me put it that way. They knew they weren't operating from something up here. And so they concluded these men had an encounter with Christ. That's what I want to teach leaders. It ain't how smart you are. It's how many encounters you've had. Oh, I need you Wednesday night teachers to listen to me because we're finna go somewhere. Of, 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 of what happens when you have an encounter with God. Things are changed and transformed when you have an encounter with God. If not, you just got a bunch of scripture. You got a whole lot of religion without an encounter with God. And as I begin to pray this, listen to me now, you teachers, especially Wednesday night. Courtney had a dream from God, dream or vision, dream from God about our Wednesday night classes and our kids. And it was just an intense dream, that, and she called us together to begin to pray and seek the face of God. And when I was praying through this, <coughs> and I began to journey through the Bible of encounters, of everyone that was encountered God. And what it done to their lives. And I could just teach you all day on that. I'll give you some before I stop. But there was a man with a demonic child. Remember that? And he brought it to the disciples. When he brought this demonic child, and soon as I started seeing this, I didn't see a child. I saw a generation. I saw a generation of children. That were under the influence of demons. He said, it'll throw him in the fire and make him hurt himself. He can't speak. He can't speak. 
And he's self-destructive because of demonic influence. Jesus in three was on Mount Transfiguration. Nine disciples, apostles, was down at the bottom. And that man brought that young child to the, to the nine to, to get help for the child. But they couldn't do it. And the Bible says Jesus is coming down off the mountain with the three. And, and, and I love the Passion Translation and the Amplified says, when he walked up, the scribes and the Pharisees were arguing with the nine. Your Bible says asking questions. Amen. With the nine. And Jesus walked up and said, what are y'all arguing about? And when he said that, the, the little boy's father stepped up and said, Lord, I brought my son. He's full of demons. And they tear him. And they cast him into the fire. Jesus said, how long has he been this way? He said, he's been like this a long time. He's been like this since a child. And then all of a sudden, I saw the picture. Nine apostles arguing with a religious bunch while there is a bound child in their midst. My God, somebody help me. I wonder what they were arguing about. They were arguing that this stuff does work. I know we couldn't do it, but I know Jesus heals. Is anybody listening to me? I wonder what the scribes were asking. Why? Why? Y'all preach this stuff. You've been teaching this stuff. Why ain't it working? And I saw the church in our religious mindsets arguing back and forth why a generation of young people are being possessed by the devil. Oh, God, are we somebody just getting mad? Amen. They were arguing over Scripture and this and that. Why a child was being tormented by devils. Amen. I know this Scripture, and I know that Scripture, and I know this, and I know that. Amen. And the cow is flopping on the ground while there is a religious debate. And Jesus walked up and said, what are y'all arguing about? He said, this, this, this is my child. <laughs> and then the man said, Jesus, if you can do anything, please help us. And I love the passion says, I forgot how I said it, but Jesus got smart. He got cocky. He said, you're asking me if I can? You asked me if I can? <laughs> You ask me if I can. He turned around and said, if you can believe anything is possible. What this boy don't need is a religious environment arguing over if God is real or not. He needs somebody who steps in and has an encounter. God Almighty. And brings an encounter into the environment. My God. 
We're arguing over this and that. You United Pentecostals are not arguing with the Baptists, and the Baptists is arguing with the non-denominational. We're arguing this and arguing that. While there's a community out there bound by demons, <laughs> there's people in this church bound by demons. <laughs> Amen. But if we can articulate a lesson, we walk off feeling. Is anybody in this sanctuary with me? Amen. Praise team, sing beautiful songs, and spend a lot of time. <laughs> Start to say money. Time. Amen. Spend a lot of time practicing. And perfected, uh, you might as well sing it in a beer joint. Give us a praise team who's had an encounter with an almighty God. Is anybody and people marvel that you've been with Jesus? There's something different about people who hang out with Jesus, not people who go to church, people who hang out with Jesus. I feel something breaking in this place right now. The apostolic anointing is establishing right now. I need you to receive an impartation. My God, if you get so convicted, you're sick of reading your Bible and not encountering encountering Jesus. You get sick of prayer meetings where there's no encounter with God. Saturday morning, we walked in here to pray. Am I right, prayer warriors? We didn't get in the building good, and we had an encounter with God. Oh, is anybody listening? We had an encounter with God. That's why you think Jennifer's nuts is because uh, they marveled and said she's been with Jesus. Something's missing. Not the teaching. Not the preaching. Not your little prayer services and your little Bible classes. What's missing is you haven't had an encounter or we haven't had the proper encounters. Are we a spirit-filled church or not? Somebody just help me. I mean, am I, am, am I that naive to just think that everybody expects the Spirit of God to move? Amen. Huh? Are we or are we not? Then why ain't we expecting to have a spiritual encounter? Wasn't nothing, wasn't nothing to Peter for an angel to walk in and kick him in the side. <laughs> hey, dude, you come all the way down here to kick me in the side? Angel said, no, I'm going to get you out of this prison. Let's go. It was, no, it was no stretch of the imagination to have spiritual encounters. Not a good service on Sunday. I'm talking about an encounter. Jeez. I see you, Tyronda. She looked at me like, see you, Tyronda. I see you, you daughter-in-law, whatever your name is, uh, I see you. I see you. I see you. If you teach on Wednesday night, raise your hand at me. I miss. I see you. I see you. I see you. Not going into your classes to teach a lesson, but you've had an encounter with God. And you take that encounter because the Bible says he was a mute. Usually if you can't speak, you can't hear. That child couldn't hear until he got delivered. He couldn't hear. It ain't that that child is bad. It ain't that that child can't be helped, but he can't hear. 
He can't respond because he's, he's, he's vexed by devils, Tyronda. And so some teacher has got to go and travail until Christ be formed. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. So you can deliver the child so he can hear the message. He couldn't hear until Jesus, amen, encountered him and said, be made whole. Amen. And you got to get ready because when Jesus, when they brought him to Jesus, he got worse. It may get worse before it gets better because the devil don't want us to make the transition. Are y'all listening to me? Oh, that'll teach right there. It may get worse before it gets better. Amen. Jesus didn't fret. He's flopping and foaming and all. He's, how long has he been like this since he was a child? He cast the devil out and the boy fell down. Everybody said, oh my God, he's dead. Jesus reached down. Ain't he good? <laughs> he reached down, picked him up, and gave him back to the Father. I believe God's going to use y'all. <laughs> oh, a generation of kids that you're going to set free because you had an encounter with Jesus, not a Bible study when you went into your classroom. And you're... <laughs> And when you get them set free, you're going to pick them up and give them back to society completely whole and healed. And can anybody believe? I told you I'm raising the bar in this place. Are y'all tired yet? I could tell you about another guy. His name was Legion. He's called Legion because that's a number. I think it's like 12,000 devils. Devils must be little bitty. <laughs> I just proved how little he is. Amen. He had 12,000 devils in him. Amen. He ran naked, scared the church to death, scared everybody else to death, lived in tombs, cut himself. Amen. But, but, but he ain't no telling how many prayer groups he had encountered. But he had one encounter with Jesus Christ, and demons said, Why have you come to torment? Jesus could have stood in his oratorical ability and taught who he was from the book of Genesis <laughs> there. But all he did was set the man free with an encounter. And when they saw him, he was in his right mind and clothed because of an encounter. I want to go on and preach. Do y'all remember Saul who was turned to Paul? You know why he turned? He had an encounter. He had an encounter. He had an encounter with Jesus. I mean, we could just go on. They just had an encounter. Let's go all the way back to our fathers of faith. What about Moses? You know what changed Moses' life? Huh? He tried religiously to fulfill the will of God for 80 years. But at 80 years old, he had an encounter with God that changed everything. What about Abraham? The father of faith. You know what transformed Abraham? He had an encounter with God. So this leads me to close out with the question, what does it take to have an encounter? Stay with me now. You got to know this. What, what does it take to have an encounter? 
Well, I want to give you a few examples so you'll know. Moses was on the backside of the desert. He had tried for 80 years. He knew he was destined to do great things. He tried, he tried, but he fought flesh for 80 years. He just fought himself for 80 years. Tried to do the right thing, turned out to be the wrong thing. But the Bible says he was feeding the sheep one day and God set a bush on fire. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great phenomenon. There's point number one. And the Bible says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside, he began to speak. There's a deficit in encounters in the body of Christ because we're too busy for encounters. You want an encounter? They're not cheap. If they were cheap, you'd all have them. This church would be full of them. They cost something. To turn aside means to leave undone. All that stuff you think's got to be done that's more important than an encounter, you're going to have to leave them undone and spend some time seeking. When the Lord saw he turned aside, God said, Moses, Moses. I didn't know it, but I, I, I accidentally stumbled across. When he, called, when he says your name twice, he's preparing you for ministry. He's calling you into ministry. Moses almost missed his opportunity. How many have we missed because we're so busy? Oh, Father, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord's soul to keep. If I die before I wake. Ain't that a crazy prayer? I may not make it through the night, Lord, so if I'm not saved, save me now. I just saw Tim, whatever. If I die before, are you listening to me? Amen. I got to get, I, I, I got to get, y'all don't say that prayer no more. Get you another prayer. Amen. I got to get to work. Amen. I got to make some money. Father, I love you and I thank you for this day. Bless this day. Amen. Bless all the nonsense I'll probably do today. Father, would you cover me when I act like a fool today? Is anybody in this place? Oh God, I have my quiet time today. Amen. Put my Bible on voice so I can get my devotional in. Amen. And we're wondering why we're not having encounters with God. When God is standing there saying, just turn aside. Just turn aside. Leave something undone because I want to encounter you as bad as you want to encounter. Is anybody in this place? Amen. If you will just leave some stuff undone. And he said, yes, Lord. He said, take off your shoe. He'll produce holiness in your life. You won't have to be taught to be holy. Hang out with Jesus. You'll be kicking your shoes off. Is anybody in this place? And then he turned around and said, I am the God of your fathers. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let me introduce myself to you. Church, God wants to introduce himself to you. Oh, we know him. No, you know about him. He wants to introduce himself to you. And he's such a father, Josh, that he's sitting there saying, come on. Come on, man. Come on. This is all free will. I can't just invade your life and take over. But I'm here and I set the bush on fire. What else has he got to burn in your life to get your attention? (laughs) 
What else is he going to say? He set the world on fire, right? And when the Lord saw, he turned aside. He had an encounter with God. So, how do I get an encounter? Leave some stuff undone. Jesus ain't even saying, when you get time, try to pencil me in. He's just flat out saying, you busy, you got a lot to do. You know what? Don't do it. What do you do with that? Huh? Don't do it. It's all about value. You will make time for what you value. That ought to stir conviction in your heart. You got time to do what you love. <laughs> what are you grinning about, dude? You'll even spend money on thing. You'll spend money you don't have if you want it bad enough. Why don't we spend time we don't have because we want it so bad? So point number one, I only got a couple. Point number one, you want encounters? Give God time to speak. That's what we're going to talk about Monday night if you let us in, will you? It's five points you gave here a while back. Spend time. God's got to be a drive-by shooter to get some of us. Watch them, Jesus. They're going to go into a prayer closet. Watch them. Watch them. <laughs> Misty. <laughs> I feel you. She's looking at me. Y'all are laughing, and she's looking at me with disgust of how real that is. Amen. <laughs> Coming up, missed him. Let's catch him next time. Let's catch him next. Oh, somebody listen to me right now. Amen. God Almighty. How many women in this church has ever had a baby driving down the road? Tyrande, did you raise your hand? I knew you were gifted. Huh? Amen. I'm all for praying going down the road. I'm all for praying without ceasing. That's what you're practicing right now. Talking about praying in the Holy Ghost all the time. But there's some things that cannot be born in the public. They are some things Jesus said. When you pray, go into a closet, shut the door behind you, and push. This is apostolic as it gets. Are y'all getting it? I'm just wanting to know if you want an encounter with God. Are you satisfied with your religious self? I just want to encourage Life Church. If you minister here on any level from singing a song to teaching a class, please quit teaching. It's illegal to teach what you have not experienced. It's illegal. It's illegal to challenge you to do something I have not done. Why? Because we got a generation that's flopping on the ground. They're casting themselves in the fire. They're biting themselves. They're cutting themselves. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. While we're debating scriptures, we got to have an encounter from God. 
You see these babies that's growing up here in this church that I'm going to push them. I don't care if we have church till 2 o'clock. I'll sing every single one of them. Amen. You know what? We can teach them like Jesus taught his disciples. And all they have is a head knowledge of Jesus Christ. And when they go into the colleges, that professor has been trained to reprogram them. And he's smarter than you will ever be. Is anybody listening to me? And if they go into our colleges and all they have is an intellectual ascent to Scripture, they will be turned upside down. But if they have some experiences, they'll look that philosopher in the face and say, let me tell you what, teacher. I know what I believe because I had an encounter with my God. It's the only safety for them. Just have an encounter with God. One more, one more. How do I have an encounter? Well, when it got time for Abraham to go into covenant with God. See, Abraham had a relationship with God, but God wanted to take him into covenant. So some of y'all are about to go into covenant. So I'm teaching you how to go into covenant. That's that marital relationship where you start producing kids after it. He said, okay. God said, I got your promise. I know you said God, I need to know some stuff. Jennifer says, I need to know some stuff. I need to know how you're going to bless me. He said, okay, come outside. Get out of the tent. Go outside. Go outside. I could teach you all day on how you probably need to leave familiar surroundings and go out where you can see higher. He looked up in the sky and said, can you count them stars? Abraham said, no, sir. He said, nor will you be able to count the children that I'm going to give you. And he said, all this land is yours. And Abraham said, okay, okay, I've heard all that. I've been taught all that. But today I need to know. Oh, that we would come to the place of, I have head knowledge, but I need to know. How are you? How is this going to happen? Oh, God said, Sister Beth, Abraham, you're ready to go to the next dimension. Kill three heifers, three goats, split them in half. Lay them on, spread the blood in the middle. It's going to cost you to have an encounter. Spread the blood in the middle. And when he got it all, he got it spread, he began to wait. He left some things undone and began to wait. Tarry until you be encountered. But while he was waiting, Taylor... Birds of prey came to steal the sacrifice. How many times did you go into a prayer closet and birds of prey came in and started robbing your thoughts, robbing your time? You up, boom, you gone. Amen. Right before God came and encountered, are y'all okay? Before you had an encounter, you know what the Bible says Abraham did? He got to looking for a stick. He said, you ain't robbing me of my encounter. How many times you been praying and the devil reminds you you got dirty dishes or you need to wash your car or the grass is growing. Why don't you go weed the bushes? Is anybody listening to me? Why don't you go build a building? Why don't you order somebody here? Is anybody, am I the only one? Why don't you go check the water? Why don't you do this? Why Birds of prey. He just 
to look at around and said, I want an encounter more than I want that. And he grabbed him a stick. And the Bible says he's standing in the middle of his sacrifice and he's fighting off birds. You want an encounter? You're going to have to fight for it. Amen. Oh, you mean you got to fight God? You don't fight God. Amen. God is, remember, he was standing there waiting on Moses to leave some stuff undone. Amen. No, what you're fighting is demonic influence. You fighting worldliness. You fighting the flesh. Am I helping anybody in this place? That's what you fight. Why? Because you're willing to fight for an encounter with the one you love. He fought so long the sun started setting. Sun started setting. And about that time, gross darkness came. And Abraham went out in the spirit. He didn't want Abraham to do anything by his own works. He just wanted him to fight the fight of faith to position himself to hear from him. Because the Bible says, I ain't never understood this. Teacher, I want you to teach it to me. A burning lamp and a smoking furnace came walking through. He said, Moses, I mean, uh, Abraham, I don't want you to receive this with your psyche, so I'm going to knock you out. I don't need your mind involved. I want your spirit. And God come walking through. And he had an encounter with God, and he got up from there, the father of our faith. What's it take to have an encounter? You're going to have to turn aside. You have to leave some things undone. Second thing is, you got to fight everything that's trying to rob you of that encounter. You got to fight for it. But that's the reason I had to preach today, because you didn't know you had that re- legal right. Yeah, you have the right, because the Father wants to hang out with you. He don't want you to be students. I don't want somebody to teach my kids about me and me stay distant from them. I'll teach them about me by hanging out with them. That's what our father likes. He likes to teach us by hanging out with us. And we're content with good services. We're content with Bible classes. I've so preached, I've so set the bar high today, I don't know what to do with y'all now. I don't know what to do with y'all. I don't know what to do. Because I'm wise enough to know if I haven't done stirred your womb, there's nothing else I, with the word, there's nothing else I can do anyway. If you don't catch the burning passion for encounters, then you're not going to fight off the birds of prey. You're not going to leave some things undone. But if I have caught your spirit, I want you to stand with me right now. If, I, if you can, if you can't stand, that's okay. I'm not going to see it as... Pastor, you mean I can have an encounter with God at home? 
in my prayer time? You must. You must. You must. Because you face things every day that drain you. And not even bad things. Jesus, the Bible says that when the woman came up and touched him, he said, I felt virtue go out of my body. Just if you're living a real Christian life, it'll drain you. Virtue will come out of you. Because you're giving. You're giving. And if you're not careful, you'll get, oh, I just need to hang out with somebody. And I ain't, you're not pulling on me. Come on, leaders. Sometimes I run from people that pull all the time. I'm sorry, but you got to pull on something else today. I, I just, I shouldn't have confessed that. My job is at stake now, isn't it? Because some people pull all the time. And it just pulls you down. So in order for me to stay on my A game, I have to have constant encounters. If you're getting aggravated with people, you need an encounter. If you're getting short-tempered, you need an encounter. Can I preach it any more simple? I'm going to get my Bible and I'm going to study on long-suffering so I can put up with you, Courtney. I'm not going to say it. So I can put up with you better. No, I just need an encounter with Jesus Christ. And I can love her. If I can love her, I got to say something. I can love anybody. Are are y'all following me? Then it's no longer a challenge to love and to be long-suffering because I keep having these encounters with Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, he's not some judge sitting upon a throne up there ready to knock you in the head. He's a loving father that is waiting, Moses, for you to spend some time with him. And he wants to call you by name. I know you, Taylor, Taylor. Now let me show you who I am. And and this is a very important point that I want to go back and teach it in full. After he told Moses who he was, he started telling Moses what was on his heart. He said, Moses, I've heard my people, and they're in bondage. That's the whole, there it is, Josh, every bit of it. I want to encounter you. I want you to encounter me. I want you to know me, and then I want, you to tell, I want to tell you my feelings. And then I want you to go and set them free. There it is, the whole gospel right there. When all we're doing is getting a lot of teaching. And we never get to hear the heart of God who's saying, go now. Go now. Go set my people free. If y'all have noticed, for the last several weeks, the gift of prophecy has been released in this house. It's like I can't walk up to you and pray for you without knowing what the heart of God is for you. It's just been unreal. Have y'all noticed that? What I need to tell you right now is if you've received any prophecy that you don't remember, you're not a good steward of the prophetic word. And you'll never see it fulfilled in your life. But if you will start embracing that God is starting to speak 
in this church and writing it down. Pastor, would you record that for me? Absolutely not. You record it. You ought to have your phone ready. Just in case God said something, I want to hear it, and then I'm going to pray it, and then I'm going to do like Paul told Timothy, I'm going to use it as a weapon against anything that don't match this word. That's what you ought to be doing from now on because it's happening in this church. But you might be religious if you walk out because you got a religious itch scratched. Well, right quick, right quick, if you want me to join together with you and lay hands on you, come line up across this front. I'm not going to spend, I'm going to do whatever the Holy Ghost says, to be honest with you. That's right, come on. Come on, you just want me to agree with you. I'm a spiritual father over this church, and I impart what I've preached. If you want to come up here, I'll impart it into you. I don't know what it's going to look like. Don't care. Don't care. I don't care how foolish it may sound. If he says something to me, I'm going to say it to you. If he don't, I'm going to pray for you. Come on, I need you to get in one line if possible so I'll know you're not one line shoulder to shoulder if possible. We got people up here that are encounter hungry. Encounter hungry. Just want to encounter God. I'll give you a little bit of instruction. Just going to pray for you before we let you go. There's going to be worship services that are happening because of a praying, fasting praise team and a Saturday morning conditioning in this place and your own personal prayer time. That when you get in these services, you're going to have to know Jesus is passing by. If you have an issue and you know he's passing by, you may have to fight through the crowd. You may have to get a stick and beat off some birds of prey, but you better start pushing in because God has raised up off his holy habitation. (laughs) Amen. I would would like a song, Courtney. Can you sing something? Can you play the piano and sing something? I don't care. Mary had a little lamb. You're so anointed, it'll work. I just want a song and I just want to pray with you. Amen. That you start having some God encounters. Okay, last Sunday I came up and Brother Dean prayed for Mason's knee. He had had surgery, he had uh, infection, he was at home, he couldn't get out of the chair, running fever, and so he said, you got to believe, and I went home believing and praying for Mason, and you see Mason is here today, he is over there, he walked into this church on those crutches. But he is going to get well. He is healed. I'm declaring he is healed. That's the stuff we need. I ran into Mason in the bathroom right before I come to the pulpit, and we just joined together again right in there in the stalls because I'm expecting encounters. I'm expecting encounters. That's what the Holy Ghost just said to me. What's your name, dude? Jeremy. Remember you now. I want you to start expecting counter encounters from God. That's my assignment today to pray for an expectation of encounters in Jesus' name. Come on, God. Come on. Let's see. In the name. What's in me? Impart into her. Oh, impartation. Impartation right now. In the name of Jesus. 
I pray for an expectation. I'm going to encounter God today. I'm not going to go all week without an encounter with my God. Oh my God, receive it. Receive this. Receive this expectation. Receive this expectation. Thank God for my Bible, but I need an encounter. Thank God for my word, but I want an encounter with my God. Get ready, Jeremy. He's real. He's real. He's real. I want to encounter God. I want to encounter God. Give me boldness with an encounter. Give me boldness for an encounter. Wow. Wow. She is encountering the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to this live church podcast.